Welcome, friends, to Radio Free Muncie, broadcasting from the back of a van somewhere in the Muncie greater metropolitan area, and your source for reviews and discussion of the Knights of the Dinner Table comic created by Jolly Blackburn, published by Kenzer & Company. So jump onto your Vespa, ride down to the games pit, crack open your dice bag, and grab a character sheet. It's game on. Here we are, quality palette. How did wait? How did how did we? Well, how did we wind up in quality palette? I mean, there's no food here. There's no like. Why did you pick this spot? I bet we're gonna yeah. get shot because you parked us in this place. It looks like they're selling meth or something, dude. Yeah, maybe. Come on. No, we we should say that about quality palette, though. Hey, you know? Did you know? So, someone told me this. I don't know if it's true, but the. The, the the most of the hardwood in the United States, like a majority anyway, goes to making wooden pallets. You know, I believe that. Um, and and clearly because quality yeah. pallet needs quality wood to make. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing about a pallet, uh, quality pallet, you know, a hardwood, it makes sense it to be hardwood because a softwood, you know, it's not going to hold the weight. <laughs> Right. <laughs> really? I never thought about it that way. We had uh, one of our shipping guys use that old beat-up pallet once, and it busted. Luckily, nobody was hurt when everything fell off of the tow motor with the busted pallet. Well, you need to tell your boss to stop skimping on the pallets and go to quality pallets. Quality pallets. Months, yeah. <laughs> pallet needs. <laughs> I wonder if they have the heat treating here. You know, you can't ship a pallet oh my God. internationally unless it's heat treated for parasites. Right. If we're going to talk about pallets, I'm going to plow through this bottle of Sailor Jerry so fast. Okay. I let's won't be move. able to comment on anything in about 20 minutes. <laughs> All right, let's move along then. Let's move along. We do have a, a reader email, so let's, let's go with that. Scott Schwartz, our good oh, buddy. Scott. I hate yeah, that. May the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> I like Scott. Yeah, and I know he's, he's listening, so he know he yeah. knows. Yeah. He's listening. So he's he sent uh he sent us a nice email. We sent me a nice email. So it says, Love the show. Happy to follow you guys. Anything that keeps Steve off the streets is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I hope you get to do a show from Gary Con uh, itself. So uh, keep doing, and I'll keep listening. So I hope we do too, Scott. And I hope to see you there. If, if we don't get to do a show, it will probably, at minimum, we'll be hanging out, trying to pretend that we that we're gaming insiders when we're really just chumps. <laughs> yeah, that's that's well. George is in our van in the quality pallet parking lot, right? Yeah, <laughs> you overestimate how far my foot is in the door. Yeah. Yeah, no, I you know I haven't got my ticket to Gary Kane yet. I guess I should get it because dude, yeah, what yeah. the? I got it like when we first decided to go, man. I got on, boom, boom, boom. I don't know if I'm got gonna my go. Airbnb, got my tickets. I don't know if I'm gonna go. No, I'm kidding. I, I'm planning on going. I that just would be terrible if you didn't go. Uh, we also just a quick update: the Mary with Comics uh, podcast folks, they actually ran our promo that came out today. This is the 18th of January on their Transformers Chronicles podcast. Their brand new episode dropped today. They they put our promo in there. We thank we thank you guys for doing that. I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes, and I'll let John know. Hey, send us a promo. We'll we'll run your guys' promo too. So looking yeah. forward to seeing that. And uh, again, we appreciate it. And for the other. Reader email corrections, uh, Jolly responses. I didn't see. I didn't see anything from Jolly unless you guys got I anything from him. Did on not. Our, I think. Know. I think he's been on a two week bender or something. Yeah. So I don't think he's been doing anything. I bet. Yeah. I bet the next issue is going to be. Late. I think Jerry's on shore leave, so he's been hanging out with Sailor Jerry for a couple weeks. Yeah. No, I he used, he used to drink old Granddad. Old Granddad. Old Granddad. Yeah. You know. First, first time I ever went to visit Jolly, it was, um, it was um, after I met him at ASEN. Uh, that's where I met George at ASEN. Yeah, ASEN 2013. 
Hackmaster at ASIN in 2013. And, um, and, uh, after that, at some point, I went over to his house and I brought him a case of beer. And he was like, oh, uh, well, that's nice. <laughs> you know? And then I found out, oh, no, it's old granddad. Like, that's that's what. Yeah. You know. So I, I brought him a bottle of old granddad, I think, the first time we hung out. And uh, see, Jelke is uh, he likes he's a, like a wine connoisseur and especially oh. likes the red wine. So if you hang out with with uh, the sixth night, Brian Jelke. It's uh, red wine, but I brought for some reason I bought Tsingdao Chinese beer. Yeah. It's just like regular like Pilsner, but it's like Chinese. Yeah. They were like, yeah. who drinks this? Beer crap? is all. I'm not a big beer fan. Honestly. Oh come on! Hey, I there wasn't. It, this isn't really feedback directed at us, but there was a post that someone put on Facebook that reminded me of something we talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, and um, you guys, you guys know Alex Cameron, right? Yeah. The guy that runs Gamehole. Gamehole, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know of him, yes. Oh, of him, right. So, well, he's a guy I know. I talked to him. He's, I, he, um, I don't know if I would say, like, we're good friends or anything, but I think we're very friendly, and he's a, I have a ton of respect for the guy. Um, and uh, he is, uh, he's been writing some adventures and stuff, and he, but he was talking about his latest adventure. He's super excited about it. And he, he's talking about the play testing. But what, what, what caught my eye, what relates to what we were talking about is, remember, I can't remember if it was two episodes ago, we were talking about running games at cons and how yes. the players at cons are more um, appreciative yeah. than the, your than your home group, you know, as right. far as the, the cool factor and the effort you put in. Well, he mentioned that, you know, he's been getting a good reception um, and he and he finished it up. He ran it as a campaign for his home group, and they actually clapped at the end of the campaign. Oh wow! And he, and he was talking about how how amazing it was because they never clap for jack shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. like you get that reaction at conventions, but you don't get that reaction with the home. So it just I saw that, and I remember like, yeah, that's exactly it, man. And that's that's why I tell people like, even if you feel like at your home group or or you know you're just kind of you're kind of getting by or whatever you're probably doing a good job if people are coming to your table every week and they want you to dm you're probably doing a great job if you go to a con you'll get that affirmation because people will be like that was really fun thank you you know so just a little nice little update on on facebook random facebook posts cool so is this is this adventure commercially available is that something we can it will be i'd have to look i can't remember the name of it um but alex did um Oh geez, I don't buy a lot of third-party adventures, but um, there, he did the one Sea Kings, Sea uh, Kings, Sea Kings Malice. That's it, Sea Kings Malice, and I, I bought that. It was a, that was a really good one. It had nice art and it was a great adventure and everything. Um, and he says that this is the best thing he's ever written. So oh, wow, if, I'm intrigued. If, if we, yeah, if if he's saying that, it's got to be it's got to be good, right? I mean, like yeah. really good. So, but. It, uh, decide, if it becomes commercially available, we'll put a link in the in the show so folks. Only, can. only if he pays us, man, because I'm tired of doing this from a van in a pallet parking lot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just did. Um, and, and, I, and I wasn't trying to plug his his thing. I, it was just interesting. His well, shit, man. If he's getting a round of applause, man, that's the adventure I want to run. Yeah, I, I'm sure it's really good though. Um, cool. He he ran a game for us at, um, and you guys know I I kind of talk about good and bad DMs at cons and things like that. You know, he, he ran a game, an alien game, alien, the role-playing game for me and um, uh, Andy and Becca. And then there was a couple other people that, you know, were from, that we didn't know. Um, and he, he's a really good DM. He's, he's like a really good DM. Um, so, yeah. So I'm looking forward to, to this, this project he's got. I think. Cool. Sounds exciting. Yeah. All right. Anything else on the front end? Do we have any, uh, corrections we don't make mistakes <laughs> all right let's move on to have dice will travel episode or issue number four of our episode number four uh cover art by george verbanic and cover art, wait, what, what what no it's not yeah no, the cover is by Jason Jason Holmgren. Holmgren. What? Oh my god! Dude, what are you talking about? It's you're, even in the you're, look, you're probably looking at the uh, bot cover. 
Oh my god, the bot. No, I'm, I'm not looking at the stinking bot cover. Forget the bot, dude. Bots for posers. I swear oh, I saw dude. George Verbanek's name. Are you no, no. In fact, you know what? Because I, I, I double checked it because on the, you know, because the cover is this Gary Khan scene. And on the banner, Welcome to Gary Khan, it says special guest Bill Mummy, Appen Donegan. I don't know who those guys are, but it said Jay Holmgren. I'm like, wait a minute, that's the guy that's been doing the covers. Dude plugged himself on the cover he made. Nice. <laughs> that's why it didn't make sense to me. Well, no, it makes perfect sense. He's gonna he's gonna like promote himself, right? He got his name on the cover. Like that's awesome. Good job. She got uh, uh, it's G- Jim, right? It's Jim Holgram, I think. Jason. Jason. Sorry, Jason. Good job, Jason. Promote yourself, man. Get your name out there. Jolly Jolly actually told me that when I was making um uh encounter managers and stuff. He's like, he's like, yeah, dude, you gotta you gotta put your name on there. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. Um, but I love this cover because it's like a Where's Waldo. Yeah, you can find um, all five knights on here. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, now you notice um, Brian is at the War Games booth. Yep. That's why he would know about all that stuff. But Jolly explained this. I'm not going to harp on that again. The one thing I did notice is like I'm, you guys, I'm sure you guys saw all the trading cards. Like everybody's selling trading cards. Yep. Right? Like yes. every booth, even the even the everything gothic booth is selling trading cards, um, except the war games booth says we do we not. We do not. Yeah, I noticed I that. that was pretty funny. And like the war gaming booth looks like the guy's got like an AK forty seven strapped on his back or something. But one other thing that I noticed, and I have to look it up here real quick. Appen Donegan. Appen Donegan. This is a freaking obscure ass reference. It'd be interesting to to know if Jason why he put this in here. Appen Donegan is Oh my god, uh, I wrote your note. I just saw yeah, the name of the it, book. Sharon McCrom and I grew up like in the New River Valley of, of Virginia, like near uh, Virginia Tech. It's kind of like our closest big school. And that's where she lives. She's not from there, but she lives there. And I worked with her husband, David McCrum, for years. And she's a New York Times bestselling author. Like, she's written many books. A lot of them are like Appalachian-type uh, tales. But this book was written back in the 80s, and it was called uh, Bimbos <laughs> of, the Dar- of the Death Sun. And uh, there was a character in it called Appen Dunnigan. Like, we're, you know, he kind of pulled that out of his butt, you know, like, what the hell? Dude, I I didn't know who Bill Mummy, Mummy, I, I don't know who that is, although I see in your notes, now I do, but, um, but Appen, I never would have, I might have gotten Bill. I might have figured that out. I never would have. Oh, I had to look it up. Yeah, I had to look I, it up. Yeah, I thought he just made a name up. Yeah, that's. I was like, well, who's that? Because, you know, obviously the Holmgren and and uh, the Billy Mommy or however you pronounce his name. Well, but then I'll, did you notice there's in one of the booths? This is one of my favorite parts. It says he sell. It's the everything Gothic booth. Yeah. yeah. It says uh, we buy sell. We yes we sell trading cards. On the side it says mention that you're full of angst and self loathing and get a twenty percent <laughs> off all purchases. Yeah. Yep. And and of course, like the woman in there is like the only the only well, other than Sarah, I think it's the only woman in the whole picture, maybe. Yeah, I bet it is, yeah. Is the goth is the goth chick, which which yeah. is kind of a theme in um in KODT, like when, like usually the only people that are into that kind of stuff are the women, it seems like, except for Bob and Dave's little divergence, but you know, yeah. Um, so I, I'll tell you what, man, not, I don't want to rag on Jason, our buddy, the, the last cover where I was kind of picking apart, you know, the fact that there were bags full of dollars for a dragon's horde and stuff like that. Um, this one is a very clever, interesting cover right the fact that he put those those really obscure references in there and the jokes the number of jokes and the subtlety of the jokes is really good i'm i I really like this cover it's pretty cool 
that's another reference here. We miss you, GDW. They Game Designers Workshop actually went out of business that year, '96. Oh, I yeah, yeah. Now there is a, a third female on the cover. If you look, if you look up, sure. swinging is a Luke and Leia. Oh. Good, oh, okay. good one, man. I didn't yeah, even I notice didn't, that. Yep. I didn't realize who that was. That is, it sure is. You know, and I think, I think, I would have to check when it came out, but I think the virtual reality thing might be some kind of a reference to Lawnmower Man. I think, oh. I think Lawnmower Man had like a little gyroscopic thingy like that. I think you're I right. Could be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm, I'm going on a limb, so somebody might have to correct me on that, but. Um, and there's one more reference here that I saw. Notice the booth on the to the right of the Everything Gothic booth. Useless crap. Useless crap. Useless crap. You'll, you'll see that again in the in the magazine uh, associated with a Kenzer advertisement. Come oh. and get your useless crap. Yeah. Oh man, I didn't even put that connection together. Yeah, so this is this is a really good cover, man. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, and another thing to note: this was the first one after Jolly left Alderic, and it was published. And then he joined Kenzer and Company after it was published, and then Kenzer and Company republished it. So there was actually two versions of this comic: one with the uh, the uh, interactive factory logo another one with the Kenzer logo and another difference on the cover is the font used for the title for the Knights of the Dinner Table you oh. guys can see the different fonts on it there oh yes yeah. you are correct wow oh, okay I didn't even that's interesting I mean I don't have it though you've got those both here in the van so I think uh, Wes and I are gonna beat you to death and leave you by the side of the road and take your number four <laughs> Uh, issue number four from Alderac, or sorry, Interactive. And even on the cover page. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like they updated the Knights font. Now, when I first started reading through this, I, I grabbed the uh, Kenzer version, and the inside of the cover was an ad for Kenzer and Company advertising the uh, Monty Python Holy Grail card game and Kingdoms of Calamar. I thought, oh, that's cool. They uh, they plugged their own games in there. I wonder what the original one had, so I grabbed the Interactive Factory one, and lo and behold, they were already in there. So they Jolly was there. advertising them before he joined them. Yep. Awesome. Did you guys ever play that Monty Python collectible card game? I was going to ask you guys that. I think I have it. I've got some, but I've never played. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I never have. Yeah, I bet it's fun. I, I'll tell you, just with the ad, I love the little quotes. Did you notice a quote? I, I traded my ring for two yeah. boosters, B Baggins. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, the, and the last one was, I'd trade a Black Lotus and two Moxes for, just for a chance to play really famous card <laughs> game designer from Renton, Washington. Yeah, one of referring Is that Peter? Yeah. <laughs> Even the dark side pales compared to this card game, D Vader. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's funny how they have like those kind of jokes just everywhere in every ad and every everything, you know. Yeah, I laughed so hard my sides hurt, Mister Spock. Mister Spock, yeah, because he's a he's a real jocular fella. Uh, so, that, so are we ready to go to the strips, or you, Steve, you have a analysis you want to throw at us? Oh, you know, you know, I. Too. Um, the, I, I thought I thought the title page was pretty funny even though I don't agree with that style of play I thought it was it, it was a good comic there and I gotta tell you there, there's two things one is Brian still seems like the most reasonable player in the group in a lot of ways like he doesn't trash anybody he knows the rules he role plays well He's there, you know, like everybody, everybody else is kind of toxic up to this point. Now I know it changes. It starts to change in this issue, but just the fact that Brian is disputing the fact that the DM has this shield of authority, I think is like good on you, Brian. Right. 
Um, the, the other thing isn't really related to the game, but down at the bottom, it says, send $2 for current catalog and prices. It's like, how different was the world back oh, then? Oh, yeah. Where you would have to send money to a company to get their catalog of all their shit, right? And now you just like get on your computer, your phone, whatever, and you see everything they got, you can get whatever. It's like, I think, I think people forget how much different the world was back when these things were being written. Oh yeah. You know, so So where do you see that? It's down at the bottom in the published monthly. And they talk about the subscription costs. There it is. In addition to the subscription is like, you can send away for a catalog of all their stuff and you had to do it by mail. I mean, there probably wasn't like, a huge presence on the internet at that point with them, you know. In fact, Jolly's email address here is jollyrb at AOL.com. Does AOL even exist anymore? Not well, not really. I, I think I think you know what? Maybe a listener knows or, or we can have one of our interns check it out, but I don't think so. Although I, I think there are still people with some AOL.com email addresses. You know, I just got fooled the other day. MySpace still exists. Oh wow! MySpace. Yeah, I can't log into my account, but it still exists. Yeah. So, so all right. Before we before we get to the um, comic, I got a trivia question for you on who's who. So don't look. All right. Don't look. You guys gotta. You guys gotta try to answer this. So this is a Gary Jackson Hard Eight question. Oh. It's not about Gary Jackson. It's about Hard Eight. So. Edmund Finley, how long has he been working for Hard Eight, and what was his job before he worked there? Oh shit! I'll know it as soon as you tell me. I mean, it's something like I don't know how long he's worked there. See if you can get half it. What was his job before he worked there? Man, I know, I know it. I can't think of it. I have no idea. Oh, you guys, man. You you guys read it. You read it. You, no. Um, no, so he's been working there for 20 years, right? Which is a nice round number. But yeah. his job before he before he worked there was he was um, Gary Jackson's paper boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Which says an awful lot about how Gary yeah. Jackson runs his company. Says here, one and, morning he was coerced into filling an empty chair during a playtesting session of Hackmaster and became ensnared in Gary's game. That was yep. 20 years ago, and he's in, been on the Hardy team ever since. I, I, in Gary's web oh, of, oh, shit. of influence. He's been on the Hard 8 team uh, ever since for 20 years, though he's only been on the payroll for the past four months. <laughs> <laughs> the password. I was that, I was gonna make that my the question, but I thought that would be too hard. So like, um, how long has he been working there, and how long has he been getting paid, right? But <laughs> and and he, I, I thought this was a good one because he comes up in this strip, or in this yeah. comic. There's a strip that he plays prominently in, um, and and I, it's it's pretty it's a good strip, and so I thought it was a good trivia question to start with. That's that's funny. Yeah, that is a good one. Is this guy like? You wonder, you know, who are these guys fashioned after? And Jolly, well, his canned response is, "Oh, it's a hot, you know, it's a it's a Frankenstein character. You know, I draw a little bit here and there, a little bit here and there, but sometimes it's like ninety percent one person." Well, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna. Yeah. I, I think we might name some names of who we think. Yeah, who we think it is. Um, Another thing to note in the who's who is the first time we actually see Nitro's face. Oh, yeah. You're yep. exactly right. Was was Finley and Gary Jackson in one of the earlier comics, though? I don't. I think this might be the first time for them, too. Yep. Maybe a Tales from a Vault, you know, something just like a strip somewhere. But as far as the issues, this is the first hard eight. Well... Right, and that, that's why I kind of like sticking to the actual issues, not the bots, because the bots put a little extra in there. Um, and this Tales from the Vault are like collections from like Dragon oh, Magazine, right, 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 like right, right. all these other yeah. sources that could predate the issues. But yeah. but yeah, I don't. Well, and there so. there's definitely some of that because yeah. there's one where it says it refers back to Shadis 
Sh I'm sorry, Shadis number Shadis. 11 or something. Um, so yeah, there, there is definitely some of that, but you know what, that's, we should do that sometime. We should get like tales from the vault and kind of go back and look at the really, the really early stuff just for fun. So, uh, five issues of, or five volumes of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I've got volume one right here, baby. Anyway, that's not what we're going over. We're not doing but, that right now. What the I'm supposed to take his down rabbit hole, not you. As he continues, as he keeps paging through it. Shadis, Dragon, and other zines. I just wanted to know where it's coming from. It's my, yeah. it's my job to take us off track and talk okay. about bullshit. All right, so really the first strip is The Streets of Muskegee. You're you're like that dude in the other X-Wing. You're like, stay on target. Stay on target. Stay on target. I'm Copy like that. Jag Porkins eating a bucket of chicken in my X-Wing. <laughs> Porkins. Copy that, nasty butler. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Streets of Muskegee, man. This is the first Cattle Punk, right? Isn't this the first Cattle Punk strip? And it's the first, if you're if you're a longtime fan of Red Gertie Pickens. Oh, this is where he is, yep. This is where he's, like, he's slinging shot glasses and... The most player. badass piano player in the universe, and he's this a guy. He, he goes across the multiverse too, because he shows up in the yeah. future in different genres and everything. Yeah, he sure does. So, so um, I there was one thing. There's a new thing here in the second frame. You guys, you guys know what it is. What's what's brand new? It's different from the prior three. I went back and double checked. I mean, I think I was in a drug-induced um, state of absolute focus. Are you talking about the DM screen? The DM screen, dude. Yep. It's like it's actually got stuff on it. It's got um, it's got useful um, charts. You well, no, no, not it's got um the play. If you look at oh, shoot, it's not zooming in right. Um, you kind of got to zoom in. But it's got useful numbers, and one of them is uh, one of them is dominoes. One of them, one one of them is Wizards it. of the Coast. One of them is Gary's phone number. So I'm assuming that it's a phone number to Gary Jackson. And then the last one is the emergency room, <laughs> emergency nine one one. Oh, yeah. just nine one one is the yeah. number. That's fine. Yep. And then there's like a player code of conduct and stuff. But I thought the phone numbers, I thought the phone numbers were pretty funny. The player's code of conduct says GM is always right. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. So, but that's in all the other ones, the GM screen was just like scribbly stuff. There was it yep. was nothing. It said like like big letters on the top. But this is the first time he actually decided to wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just realized one of the numbers you said was Watsy. Yeah. Yeah. And not hard eight. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's cool. So, well, I mean, this is before there was like a a a, a real Hackmaster game. I mean, maybe Jared yeah. thought, well, he was playing D and D, and it's Watsy. You know, I don't know. Well, Watsy sure didn't have D and D yet. Well, this is ninety seven, so they might have picked it up by then, but they were still riding high on magic at the time. Oh. So well, why would why would magic? Why would the number for magic be on? Yeah, I, I, no, I'm just saying that's where Watsy was still at. I can't remember what year they bought TSR out. We'll have to look it up. Yeah, get one of the interns on that. So, you you know the other the other thing like on this whole first page and maybe going to the second one. One thing like you you guys know that joke about Jolly. He said. Like the guy, he was at a comic convention. The guy said, "The art only carries you so far," or whatever, like that. And that's kind of true. Oh, yeah. Jolly's art pretty basic, although it, it is a style. And and you know, sometimes art isn't necessarily. There's no like objective standard to good art, right? I mean, Are you going to page to two with this line of thought? What? Are you going to the first panel on page two with this train of thought? No. Although I am going to comment about the hand. Yep. <laughs> but. No, but what I wanted to say was, um, have you guys ever watched a movie or a show and like the first five minutes is all exposition? Now, I don't want to count Lord of the Rings because I get why they did it and all. But like movies that do like 
this monologue of all the backstory, you know it's like, oh, this is going to be a mediocre movie. Jolly does not do that here. Jolly is like the master, shows how good he is at storytelling here, right? Because these few words, these few frames, we understand everything that's gone before this strip. We understand that they played this game and what happened and why BA is this and that. Like, Like everything we need to know from the background to set up what we're going to read in a minute is just like evident in these, in these four frames on this first page. And I, I just want to point out like Jolly, you know, you can say whatever you want about his art, but like the dude can tell a story like, like just crazy good. Right. I mean, there's so much packed in just a few, very few lines. So yeah, just that first, yeah, just that first page, you get the entire backstory, which just, this one's what, about eight pages long? Yeah, yeah, and, and it says at the bottom, you know, like, Sea Dragon 230 or whatever, but you don't need to. Like, you don't right. need to go back and see that, because it's all it's all just clear, you know? So, Jolly, Jolly's going to be mad. He got mad at me when I said he was, uh, what, what did I say about him? Something about a... Uh, I gave him some over-the-top compliment, and he was like, you yeah. better stop that shit, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I just got a text here from one of our interns. TSR was bought out by Wizards of Coast in 1997. Oh. So this is probably before that, right? Uh, this issue came out in 97. So right about that time. So. But it was February 97. All right. Yeah, so there Sounds you go. Close. So, so anyway, I wanted to say that, and and also I love the names that he comes up with: Trail Dust Nelson, Gnarled Bat Nickerson on a yeah. one-eyed mare. <laughs> yeah, with an itchy trigger finger. <laughs> uh, All right, Buffalo Jane. So now let's now let's bring him down a notch, George. What do you think about the hand in the first frame on the second page? Oh my gosh. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's just uh, uh, it's almost. I understand why he made it as large as he did to make give it like the three D effect that he's right well, there, but it's almost like he tried to make it more realistic than the rest of the the artwork in the entire comic. It it almost <laughs> looks like a line art clip art that he made way too big. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like it's like Jolly. Do you understand perspective? <laughs> I, I know why he uses 3D modeling tools when he's doing see, now, like when he does a scene of the street or whatever he does, I think, in like yeah. uh, SketchUp or Sketch something. Up, yeah. Because it handles all the perspective stuff for him, right? Because <laughs> this is this is pretty crazy. It just stands out so much. Also, I think BA is making a mistake by carrying this stuff over from their previous... Oh yeah, he should have just put his foot down. He should just forget about that and act like it never happened and let him start over and you know. But you know, BA's a shitty DM. <laughs> in fact, in fact, um, you know, the one thing I did say, I think I said this before, about BA being a DM that's really good is his flavor text. And his flavor text is great, except Brian spills the beans here. And he says, well, one thing's obvious. Jojo Zeke is still writing the flavor text for good. So B.A. doesn't do good flavor text. He's just reading the damn yeah. like, <laughs> text in the module. Yeah. He's just reading it word for word like they, <laughs> so that they can recognize who wrote it, you know. And here, you know, um, and I never, I almost never do that. Um, but like um, Alex, you know, I mentioned Alex Cameron before. He, he actually said that he, because because he's a writer, I, th- I think it's because he's actually written a lot more. Um, he says he wants the DMs to read the flavor text because because that's why he wrote it. You know what yeah. I mean? So there's like two sides of the argument. But for yeah. me personally, I almost never read the flavor text. I read parts of it. But um, yeah, I, BA, I kinda... BA just reads the damn text. He's, a, he's nothing. Like, what, what, what the fuck is that? 
Yeah, so the uh, basics of the storyline here is they pull out their old characters who have bounties on their heads. And uh, Sarah and Brian decide to uh, lay low and just try to go mining for gold while Dave and Bob, they go in and immediately they see, as you mentioned earlier, uh, old Gertie at the piano and they immediately want revenge. And so they start their typical uh, mayhem and shit. One point I'll make to about the bots, if you get the bots. Obviously, you want to collect, you know, all the issues from one to 300 plus. But if you get the bots, one of the advantages is you'll get some footnotes. It'll give sometimes a little right. inside baseball around, you know, things that happen in the comics. And there's one note from Brian Jelke around... Uh, where Brian says, let's get our bearings first, then we kick butt and take names. And Jelke explains what, you know, where they came up with that phrase and what they what they uh, determined that it meant that they had so much butt to kick, they couldn't do it all at once, so they had to take people's names. Yeah, so they could come back later and kick <laughs> so their they butt. come back later. Remember and... to kick their butts, yeah. yeah. That, that's not just KODT. That's like, I mean, I always thought that's what it meant. Kick ass and take names, you know. Like, but... Dude, I'm telling you, though, you just need to get the original and read it and really read it because the bots like the bots for like posers, man, for people who don't want to put in the effort. You guys can't see. I was shaking my head the whole time he was saying that about the bots. I'm just like, no, that's the easy way out. I think you got to get both. That's what I'm saying. No, I, I, I content like, and there, the there's content. extra stuff in the, in the bots. Yeah. 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 I, I, I mostly have the the issues um but i i do like the bots too because there's a lot of cool yep. cool stuff in there um have, have you guys noticed uh since i you know me i like focusing on sarah a lot you notice that she hasn't called bob a nasty name yeah she in she fact, doesn't have a she no. doesn't talk a whole lot in this one at all does she well but she's got that whole, one whole panel in the whole comic, I challenge you. I'm laying, I'm throwing down the gauntlet. I challenge you. I want you to call me out and tell me I'm full of shit. If Sarah says anything nasty or aggressive or uses a nasty name for even for Bob, who everybody hates in this whole issue, she has now transformed into a different character. The character that will go forward into eternity. That does remind me one thing that Jolly had mentioned it uh, recently that when he left Alderic and was uh, going to continue doing this, he realized that he was going to have to do more than just drop uh, single story storylines within themselves, and he's going to have to start having to have some continuity to everything. Yeah, and I think we're seeing we're starting we're going to. From here on, we're going to see more character development, not not just one-liners right. in short strips with one hits. We're going to see more of that story developing, yeah. Because their their personalities. This is where the personalities start to change. Brian becomes the toxic power gamer. Sarah becomes the reasonable person. Bob and Dave obviously get even more entrenched in there. But I think I think BA also goes on kind of a journey where he, you know, like I've been saying, he's a shitty DM. And he is. I think he goes on a journey where he becomes actually like a great DM in the future. But so was that was that it for uh, the streets of Muskegee? Shit! Are you kidding me? I got like a whole page of notes here, man. <laughs> You know, you know how much you see when you when you take three or four different mind altering substances and stare at this for six hours. The lines, the lines of text, the lines of the art start talking to you, man. Like a like a like an old friend. <laughs> no, so I don't know, like. I mean, the thing, like like I said, one thing I notice is even even when Sarah disagreed with them, she didn't say. Hey morons, right? No, no. Hey, hey, cue ball. Why the yeah. hell are you doing it? Right? Nothing like that. So, I thought that was really good. Um, 
I, th I think it's funny, like more of that backstory. 69 characters, dude. 69 characters died. These guys do not give up. They do not. It's like, it's like, fuck you, DM. We're going to do this <laughs> our way or, or else, you know? Um, so yeah. Uh, Red Gertie Pickens. So we talked about Red Gertie Pickens, right? The way he was introduced, look at how he was introduced. This gets back to the storytelling. We know the whole backstory of their interaction with Red Gertie Pickens in like one frame of the comic. You know? Just just like that. And and Red Gertie Pickens hurled the shot glass at Bob because he spiked it with Tabasco sauce. So he, he, he killed his character with a shot glass because Bob spiked it with Tabasco sauce. That was, that was sufficient for BA to kill his character in a humiliating way with a, with an NPC. I, I think everybody just hates Bob, man. I think so. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I was thinking about this, like, at the end of the strip, at the end of the strip where, uh, well, I mean, not even then. Like, later on this page, where the later still, where um, Dave is sneaking up on him. Like, what are what kind of game? Like, the dude sees him in the mirror, spins around and murders him before the guy can do yeah. anything, right? Like, like I, I think B.A., either B.A. is truly a horrible DM or... Um, he's like, no, like he's pushing back. So they're yeah. willing to kill 67 characters. He's like, I'm willing to kill a hundred characters to keep my campaign going. And that's what he's doing. He's killing them, hoping they'll change their mind, but they never do, obviously. No, no, no. So yeah, but there's, there's so much, there's so much in this. Uh, yeah. I, I, I recently read that the smoke on the water comment that Dave makes is based on a true story that actually happened to Jolly when they were hanging out, listening to a band. One of his friends said something about play smoke on the water. And like one of the guys in the band, like jumped off the stage at him or whatever. <laughs> oh, I could, I could see that happening. George, you go to a lot of concerts. You ever seen anything like that happen where they're like, Someone in the band like beat the shit out of someone in the audience. I was supposed to be there that night that Axl Rose dived off the stage at St. Louis, but uh, I got uh, injured earlier that day in a tragic softball accident and taken to the hospital. So I missed the Guns and <laughs> That's, that's a, a so I missed the Guns and Roses ride. I was supposed to be there. Oh man. You would have been right there, wouldn't you? Like, um, you I, I, I wouldn't have been that close. No, I, I just had uh, seats out on the lawn. But oh, I'm sure you would have gone up there and just trashed the place, punch in the nose. Yeah, just no. You would, you would have probably been fighting. I mean, you're like friends with all these bands, aren't you? Like, like you always talk about, like you do so many backstage passes. You're like best friends with them, aren't you? I wouldn't say best friends with any of them, but. We've met several and talked to them. You probably had groupie sex with them a few times, right? Quite a few. I mean, like you're the groupie. I I will neither confirm nor deny these allegations. <laughs> I did buy the lead singer of the uh, Outlaws a drink recently. Nice. Okay, that's a that's an obscure '70s reference. I don't know any. I don't know anything about music, so I just know you go to a lot of concerts. Yeah, and you always seem to be have pictures of you hanging out with the band. So, so yeah. So, um, I I have a que I have a question for you guys though. Did general stores in the old west carry forty seven bottles of nitroglycerin? for purchase like like is and i th this is like a real question because like i'm running a western sort of mini campaign right now 
And I'm, I've been very, very careful to not let them have easy access to things like, you know, dynamite because, um, um player characters love to blow shit up. Um, did, did old, did stores in the old West carry, like, could you just walk into a store and buy 47 I, bottles of nitroglycerin? I seriously doubt it, but I have I no think, way to back that up. I kind of do too, man. It seems a little bit like, uh, you know, I guess they would have used it for mining. I know a couple old John Wayne movies, nitroglycerin played a pivotal role in the, in the, uh, plot. Yeah. 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 But it wasn't but for uh, basic it. public. Uh, right. purchase yeah, He's usually I, I the town had it and used it when needed I, I just I'm just curious like maybe somebody knows um, it just seems kind of weird but like it was the old west so so you know who knows um, the uh, oh yeah like and so so Bob winds up drinking from the spittoon again yep right this is this, like like I think I think BA really likes to humiliate Bob. Like it, it, and not just BA. I mean, because think about when they played in Nitro's campaign. What did Nitro do to him? Oh yeah, squeak, squeak, squeak. Right? Like it's it, it's not it's with Bob. It's not just about like, oh, you know, your character is gonna die or whatever. It's like they freaking humiliate his character so bad. Um, I don't know. It just it just seems like it to me, you know. Yeah, hell, if you go back to the very first comic in Shadus, he dies with no saving throw. Yeah, you open a door and your character dies, basically. Yeah, but but even that's like he he dies. Right. But it's it's really worse some of the things that these these DMs do to him. And I I mean I think he asked for it, but you know, um. But still, it seems kind of harsh. That goes on. Bob and Dave get hum well, Bob gets humiliated. He and Dave both get killed, and then Brian shows up with all the nitroglycerin and basically levels the town and the surrounding area for how many miles? Shockwaves are felt up to seventy-five miles away. Yeah, and, and now and now there's BA. Now that's real flavor text because BA no I mean nobody would have written that, right? Nobody would right. have expected them. And, unless they wrote an adventure and they said the general store has forty seven bottles of nitroglycerin for sale. Yeah. <laughs> if that if the players decide to use it, <laughs> if it's they gonna look like a it. comet struck Muskegee, yeah. <laughs> yeah, here's here's what you should read if they if they get forty seven bottles of nitro and, and blow them all up at once, you know. <laughs> It's funny you keep mentioning flavor text because that very last panel, Bob's like, "Yeah, yeah, enough flavor text. I don't know if I survived." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. So yep. much for that town supplement. <laughs> <laughs> they're so they're but, so uh, dismissive of like the work he puts in it and the money he spends. You know. Yeah. And uh, Brian ends it out satisfied because uh, old Red is gone now. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I like when he says, when when Sarah's asking about you know the nitroglycerin, do you want yeah. to rethink this? And Brian's like, it's the most lethal weapon in the book. It, it reminded me of um, in what else do I need to know? Yeah, well, right, you know, in 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 the in the in one of the Traveler rule books, they talk about the PGMP which is a plasma gun man portable. And it's this massive gun that's like meant to like, you, you should only use it like in mechanized power armor because there's so much radiation. Whatnot. But in the description, it actually says like, nobody would ever be crazy enough to use this on anything other than like shooting down a, a ship, you know, or a, blowing up tanks, except player characters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, is that it for the streets of Muskegee? I don't want to. I don't want to like hog the the microphone. You know. No, no, you're good. I don't... No, there were there were just things. That, I mean, it reminded me of some things. You know, like with the sixty nine characters and how they're even in this strip. How many characters die? Oh, I can just shit. I can just see I can just see the scene. And and this gets back to how D, G, how B A runs his games, right? Like 
literally a character is dying and then another character is walking in the room to die. Like, are these corpses just all over the place in this fucking saloon? It, it, it reminded me of, um, the gamer, the gamers movie that we talked about before darkness rising. There's a guy in there who, who makes these bards and he usually plays a fire, but he plays a bard in third edition, you know, bards were mediocre characters, probably, although maybe someone disagree, but, but he actually, the bard dies so much that he rolls up 50 bards. And he says, hey, my guy keeps getting resurrected. He's unplayable because he loses a level. Can I just have, like, bring in a new character? So he, 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 he owns a game store. He has his employees roll up, like, 50 bards. So there's this one scene, and I'm going somewhere with this. There's this one scene where they're fighting this dude, and the wizard needs time to, like, cast a spell a special way. So he's got he's to have cover. So the bards keep jumping in front of all of the attacks. And eventually there's a pile of dead bards that, oh, no. that the wizard is hiding behind because they're letting these new characters just come in. You know what I mean? And that's just what this made me think of like, my God, there must be like 20 dead people, all player characters getting their asses kicked by shot glasses thrown at them. And like, God knows what just piled up in this fucking saloon, you know? And they're all identical twins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that actually oh. reminds me of a third edition story. Uh, a friend of mine was running Return to the Temple of Elemental Evil. And the group had made a deal with the uh, the traders in Hamlet that uh, they would bring him stuff and he would sell it and he would keep a percentage and then give, give them the rest of the loot. Well, they went through so many characters that by the end of it, none of the original characters were alive anymore. So the group goes to the traders to get their share of the money. He's like, what are you talking about? I don't know, I don't know any of you people. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and there's a there's another comic strip about this later that I really liked um, that we'll talk about. Um, this is going to be like a four-hour session. Um, hope everybody's ready to listen for a long time. Um the other, the other thing is getting back to Brian being at the war game table booth. I find it very hard to believe Jolly Blackburn that Brian doesn't understand how powerful nitroglycerin is. That Brian is, would be in any way. I mean, he, he must've planned on like killing everybody and just fucking the whole campaign over. Cause there's no way you can tell me he wouldn't have known that 47 bottles of nitroglycerin is not like a little satchel charge. It's like a, that's like a lot of explosives. You know what I mean? But who knows? Maybe he just acts smart. There are gamers like that. Right, George? Sure. <laughs> so, all right, I'm done with that one. I'm done with that one. I won't talk about it anymore. So let's move on. <laughs> we can, we can circle back. If we need to. No, 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 I'm done. I will never, never speak of that comic again. I promise. All right, let's roll down to the old guard strikes back. Weird Pete. All right. in again as the game master. So B asked him to sit in while he was uh, sitting in a playtest session of Nitro's new RPG, Escalated Devastation. And, of course, immediately they're all like, oh, oh, no. Um, I have a, I have an appointment. I have to be at, and trying to make excuses to leave the game when they find out that weird Pete's running. Then the weird Pete tells them just how many experience points and levels they may gain if they get through this, and uh, they kind of start changing their minds. One uh, Pete reminds about his demerit system and all that stuff. And tells them that they basically have to go through and befriend all of the characters that they've killed in previous campaigns. And old uh, Red uh, shows up in this one or two. This is where you said earlier he even crosses into other genres. He's an yeah. eternal, like like they have eternal champions, if you've ever read Michael Moorcock. He's an eternal villain. He exists in all... All planes of existence. And if uh, they initiate combat even once, they fail in their quest. 
So they're immediately thinking, oh, crap, what kind of game is this? Corsair's like, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to force these guys to do some role-playing for a change. Of course, they do end up getting the fights, but they don't initiate them. So, so I can't believe they're willing to play with Pete again. Yeah, that surprised me. I, I, I mean, even Sarah is like, she's, she's and, and this is Sarah's transvi- transition to, you know, positive Sarah. Weird Pete isn't so bad. Wait a minute. Did you forget what happened, like, one, was it one or two issues ago? Are you kidding me? Like, you think he's not so bad? I think they should just get up and fucking walk away, personally. <laughs> um, so maybe this is, uh, you, you did, uh, pick out how okay sarah's characters maybe this is her kind of redemption or whatever like she's maybe this is pete's kind of do-over in a way you know but it's but it's not yeah (laughs) he's the same fucking dm man i i i i have to say though i love the term i love the term sissified gamers yeah now i don't personally use it in the way Pete does, as far as like my version of Sissified Gamers is not people that expect to be able to like roll attack rolls and saving throws. Like, I don't think that's Sissified. The Sissified part for me is the ones that want to hand wave away, like all of the nitty gritty stuff, like, you know, encumbrance. And I don't mean like down to the detail of the pound, but like they want the video game idea where they're carrying like 15 shields and eight suits of armor and 10 weapons that they can change. Like, I don't, I don't, to me, that's the sissified gamer. Like, they want it to be like a video game, but um, I just love the term. I just, I just love the term. So, I think um, these guys are pretty stupid because three to five levels don't mean shit if you're going to die. Right, yeah. If your character's just going to die, you can, you, you, I mean, it, it reminds me, one time in this campaign, um, I was running, it was fourth edition, yes, I actually played fourth edition D&D oh, quite a bit. And um, and and I have good things to say about the system and some bad things, but I, I ran the characters through um, Castle Amber, uh, which is B no X two X two. Thank you. I knew it was a two, and then I said B two. No, it's not B two. Thank you, George. Um, X two is one of it's. It, it might be my favorite published adventure ever. Right? Wow. No, I love, I love that campaign. I've run it. I've run. I've run it like as a campaign, and in like this campaign I'm talking about with fourth edition lasted like two years, right? So, um, but it's funny because in the very beginning they got into this thing. I won't go into the details, but like they they were they won, and in fourth edition they had this this currency called astral diamonds, and um and they get, they each got an astral diamond from this thing, and they were like. Oh shit, we're gonna die. <laughs> oh no. Because because like when you promise big things, like the pl- it, it, the players get like if they say, Oh, you'll get three to five levels, the players should immediately be like, We're gonna fucking die. If yeah. you get if if I if I'm ever running a campaign, you guys are in my campaigns. If you ever get a treasure of like a million gold pieces, you can just assume the campaign's over within two sessions. Yeah. yeah. That big right. of rewards like is going to have a huge risk. You'll, you'll, I mean, because as a as a game master, you're never going to recover from giving away that kind of shit. You know what I mean? So I, I think it's funny that they're like, oh, three to five levels, great, and it's like, well, wait a minute, guys, you just played with Weird Pete like two weeks ago, yeah, and everybody died. Good point. You know, so yeah, um, but I do think the concept for the dungeon is really cool. I, I think it would have been even cooler if, if it would have been something legitimate that they could do and not just like to teach them a lesson. You know? but, yeah. Um, I think it's pretty neat. It'd be hard to pull off, but it's a pretty neat concept. It's a great concept, actually. Did you, did you guys notice that Bob is, um, actually shows some self-awareness for a change? He's like, fuck it. I'll just write it down because I know I'm going to get a lot of demerits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that reminds me. <laughs> uh, uh, work story. Uh, we used to have a stand-up meeting every morning at like 8 o'clock. 
And if you were late, you had a choice. You could either dance in front of everybody or give a dollar into this jar. And they kept the jar, and then we went out. We all went out and ate lunch. And it was this one guy that was late all the time. He was like a quality engineer, young guy. And we were having a Kaizen event the next week. And, and I was like, all right, we're going to have to be here at 7 in the morning. Like every morning, it's going to be a long week. And the dude, like, pulled his wallet out. He pulled a five out and threw it down. <laughs> he was like, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to be here at 7. I was going to say, like, you probably so don't. It's like, 20. Bob, like, I'll just take the demerits. Yep. I, I know I'm getting them. Yeah. Man, Kaizen, I haven't heard that, that term in a while. Should I let my work nerd show here? <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've done Kaizans before. We just don't use it like where I'm at currently. But. So yeah, so um, this is this is a good comic. So uh, Dave, Dave, I, I like Dave's brown nosing. Like he sees oh, the yeah. opportunity against the BPs, and uh, doesn't work out for him, of course. Right. You know. Um, there's th this this term sucking chest wound is yeah. I think that's a term Jolly really likes because I it see seems it. like yeah. it yeah. comes up a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to know why I'm going to throw this out there because I know Jolly listens. I want to know why. What what is it about a sucking chest wound that is so evocative for him that he like that he sticks with it? Because I I have seen a sucking chest wound. I used to work in the ED. Um, when I was in college and stuff, and I've seen people with sucking chest wounds, and it's not really that impressive. <laughs> it's just like it doesn't look like. Maybe he saw a severe one when he was in the military. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. That I'm curious. So I'm curious, like why, why he used. I mean, it does sound like in the sounds, pool or something. <laughs> yeah, I think he was like. In, I know Barb. Barb was like a PR, like she was like a reporter. Right. She, yeah, she was like right. a journalist. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But Jolly, I think Jolly like didn't do shit. In the <laughs> he sat at a desk and and uh, made crank calls or something like that. Ran yeah. ran a D and D campaign during the day. Yeah, exactly. Oh, over the phone, <laughs> you know. I think he had like a really uh, word on the street legend has it he had this epic gangbusters campaign back in the day. Like it was like you know just tricked out to the max so that's what he was doing well i've played in jolly with jolly as a dm he is a good dm he's he's really really fun to play with um and i challenge him to prove his gming credentials by running a game for the radio free muncie crew oh man you thought i don't think he can do it i don't think he's up to our standards he can are we saying that he can pick the game is it going to be Hackmaster? He, he can run whatever he wants. He's got to run it for us. So, and then we're going to talk about it in our podcast and everybody's going to get the real scoop on is Jolly Blackburn is, he, can he really do flavor text like that? Or can he only do yeah. it when he's got like a whole month to figure out what to say? That's all that I'm, 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 I'm going to make a prediction right now. At some point we will kill an enemy. If this happens, their wallet will fall out of their pants and it'll open up, and we'll see pictures of their kids. No, that's me. That's what I do. Was like every. No, that's what I do. That's what I do. What I oh, guess. Did he learn that from you? Does he do that? He doesn't yeah. do that. Does oh, he yeah. do that? Yeah. Oh no, man! I've been doing that for years. Yeah, I bet. I bet he copped that from you, man. I did. I use it in my games now too. I, I did DM. I did DM, and he was in my campaign for quite a long time. Him and Barb both. Um, but yeah, I, I like I do that like the the um, the Z fold picture thing on yeah. the wallet. Sometimes I'll have like a world's favorite or world's best dad mug. Yeah, fall out and break, <laughs> but you can still see the picture of the of the guy you killed with his yeah. child. <laughs> you know, like just <laughs> good yeah. stuff, man. That's all. That's that's top notch. Oh man, I love doing that. I love doing that. Um, so, so yeah, just a few things about this man. Like, um, the the five thousand gratuitous orc kills. 
right? But then, but then, you know, BA throwing a flask of oil 300 yards or, or, you know, or not BA, I'm sorry. Um, weird Pete. Yeah. So weird Pete is still like just breaking all the rules just to prove a point here, which is the, the worst way to DM, right? Like the worst way to DM is just like to be punitive, but I get what they're doing here. But the funniest thing, the funniest thing in this whole thing, I laughed out loud when I got to it. In fact, it didn't register at first. And then I looked at it again. And I just, it killed me is Bob died. Bob's character died and he got to play the gorge giant. Yeah. And he didn't accept their friendship. He fucking fought them. Yeah. Because he wanted to fight so bad. Like the, the very last thing, right. Is, is Dave says, Dave, wait, let me find it here. You little traitor. Um, we had it made. All you can do is accept our offer of friendship. So, so he, when, when he was co-opted to be an NPC, he's like, fuck it. I want to fight. I want to kill something. <laughs> Even if it's the other players, I want to kill something. <laughs> it's just, he's it's getting, Bob, getting back for all the, all the, all the yeah. uh, pain he's endured. It's, that's why everybody tortures Bob because Bob is such a dick, man. He's such a dick. There's like very, later, later he has an arc. But right now, man, there is like almost nothing to like about Bob. <laughs> and, 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 and even if you don't know that by his actions, you know that by how everybody around him acts. Right. You know, he's just a horrible, anyway, yeah. And it just, uh, the strip ends with the uh, BA talking to Weird Pete at the store. Hey, I think uh, it worked. I ran a game last night, and the hack-and-slash ratio was way down by 65%. They even vote now after every conflict decide whether it was a good kill. <laughs> I don't believe that shit for a second. That probably lasted like two sessions. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. They're going to wear off soon. Enjoy. Yeah, I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run over behind these bushes real quick. Hey, get that number four. Hey, man, what's that? Looks like a flashlight. Is that? Oh shit, dude! It's the freaking quality palette security surf security guard. Oh man, let's let's get out of here. Come on, George. Come on. Let's go. We got to go. Close the door. Dude, close the door. Let's get the fuck out of here. Radio Free Muncie. If you have a comment, you can leave it at our anchor site or you can email us at radiofreemuncie at gmail.com. See you next time.